The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. This week, we are interviewing Miley Minardi on They Get It. She is with Human Improvement, which if you have not heard yet, is all the rage when it comes to cricket protein. And yes, you heard that right. Cricket protein, protein made from crickets. And you're probably thinking that's insane. But the truth is cricket protein has actually been around for a really, really long time. And I think what's so cool about human improvement and why we were so drawn to this brand is because they're packaging it and marketing it so differently that I, for the first time in 28 years, I'm actually tempted to try cricket protein. They're making it happen. And if you're still not convinced, I've got some stats for you that might just change your mind. So crickets require 20% of the water that livestock does, and there's no runoff into the water systems. Like when you when you look at this from an environmental perspective, cricket protein is superior hands down. Cricket protein also emits 93% less greenhouse gases than livestock, and they use 90% less plastic because they don't need scoops or tubs or any of the big packaging that a lot of other protein powders use. It's also easier for your body to digest. And it's like, at what point do we just give in and start using cricket powder? (laughs) Completely. Like it's here for a reason. And anyone out there who is a fellow person who just can't do whey protein. Like I spent so many years just thinking that was the only option and just dealing with being bloated all the time. And then I realized there's other options that don't do that. And my, the the second half of my life started. Um, Mm. And yeah, I think from the environmental side, from the research I've done, and I'm not an expert, but I think one of the biggest things you can do to help the environment is look at dietary changes. And so yeah, we're team cricket, baby. We sure are. We sure are. And their packaging is just so freaking cute. You're going to want to put it on your Instagram. Everybody check out the show notes, go look at human improvement and stay tuned because we're going to tell you all about it. Let's get into it. All right. We are excited to share the brand we're loving this month. They are a sponsor of today's episode and they are called Mintier. They're a new brand that recently came out and I really love them. And let me tell you why. Obviously no one wants bad breath. And I think one of the easiest life hacks is just, you want to smell good. Like when you smell good, that is just, it sets the bar because if you don't smell good, it doesn't really matter what you're saying or what you're doing. Like that's what sticks with people is if you don't smell good, if you have bad breath, it doesn't really matter what you're saying, you know? So we want good breath. Okay. That's number one. But did you know that in so many gums and mints, there is sugar and sugar feeds into bad breath. It feeds the back bacteria that causes bad breath. Enter Mintier. They are an oil-based keto-friendly sugar-free breath mint. And so it's really cool. It comes in a dropper. You just put half a dropper in your mouth and it keeps your breath fresh for up to 30 minutes. Minty Fresh. 
minty fresh and I'm not joking you guys do you remember when you were like really little or maybe you still have this and you'd chew a piece of gum and then you'd like breathe in really quickly or you would take a big drink of water and your entire throat would freeze is that like a a common experience yeah I know what you're saying same deal here. I literally put in the dropper. I breathed out. And then by the time I breathed back in, I got that like throat fresh feeling and you just feel so much better. You're so much more confident, big, big fans of Mintier. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a cute little dropper. So you get it, you throw it in your purse, you keep it in your car, you take it in your carry-on. And whenever you need a little freshening without the sugar, that's going to feed that bad bacteria. You can reach for your Mintier. Love it. So we will link them down below. Go check them out. They're also an incredible female-founded and Canadian brand, which obviously we are always down for. We always stand. So that just makes supporting them even better. So go check them out. You won't regret it. Welcome back to another episode. So excited for this one. We have Miley Minardi with us, who is on the team at Human Improvement. Miley, thank you so much for being here. Hi guys, thanks for having me. It's so exciting. We've been trying to touch base for a while. So this is yeah. Yeah. So I guess for starters, tell our audience what human improvement is. Yeah. So human improvement is a sustainable protein powder that's made from a really unique blend of plant-based protein and most notably cricket protein. And so what we've kind of found with cricket protein is Uh, Even though it sounds a little bit new to us, it's actually been consumed by people, millions of people around the world for thousands of years. And so we're kind of late to the game on the not only nutritious benefits, but also the sustainability benefits for the whole planet. And in a protein powder form, it's pretty unique because it's super easy to digest. And people usually from whey proteins or even just a, a full pea protein have a lot of digestive problems, gut health issues, loading, just generally like tiredness and things like that after having a protein powder. And so this one leaves you super, super light, energized. And we like to say it's how you say thank you to your body for moving. So I love that. I saw you post that on Instagram the other day. I thought it was so good. And yeah, I'm excited to dive into all things cricket protein and plant-based protein because yeah, I'm one of those people that weigh protein just ain't it for me. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background and how you joined the team with Human Improvement. Yeah. So I got started very early on in the startup space, actually my freshman year in college. So I came down to Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. And at the time, my sister had helped start a brand called Nomva, which was like a probiotic super smoothie kind of kind of on the back end and in relation with a lot of people from Suja, the juice company, the cold press juice company, if you mm-hmm. guys are familiar with that. Yeah. Sister was doing that. And before I even came down to school, I was still in high school. And I remember the founders of her company were constantly writing me like countdowns until I came to LA. And they're like, you're going to work for us. You're going to work for us. And at that time, I didn't really know what any, I didn't understand what a startup was. I had never worked in that type of environment. So it was kind of in the back of my brain as I started school. And um, I had been very type A, very involved in high school, had a million things going on. So coming to college, it was quite an adjustment because really your schedule has a lot of availability. You have a couple classes a week, but the most of your day is pretty open, which kind of shocked mm-hmm. me. So after my first semester, I wrote the founders right away and I was like, okay, I'm ready to start. And like, can I come in on Monday? 
And so I didn't really know what that would look like, but they needed someone to help them on the product development side. And so I was like, okay, I volunteer. So what that like practically looked like is for about eight to 10 hours a day, I was going to Whole Foods in Venice, picking up vegetables and fruits, taking them to the, um, the headquarters and blending different smoothies and pH testing them and building formulas to take to our co-packers. So that's what I was doing my freshman year. And it just grew really quickly. And then I ended up kind of leading product development with one of their founders. And um, so my freshman year, I was bouncing classes and then on the phone making custom products for Trader Joe's and Starbucks and learning about food science and all this different stuff. And so the company actually grew really, really quickly. We launched nationally into Target, Whole Foods, Kroger, Sprouts, Bristol Farms, like all that within the first year, which was so exciting. Raised our Series A and the product was amazing. People really loved it, Um, but we were a very young team. I was a freshman in college and the average age of our team was 22. So it was quite a young group. And for many reasons, we ended up dissolving the brand, which was really hard at that time because when you invest so much of yourself into a brand, it's like, you kind of have to force yourself to imagine that there's no way this can't not exist. And that's what you're working towards every day. So to see that kind of all go away so fast was really challenging, but it led to some really good things as well. We kind of all got pushed out. And so my next step was ending up being neighbors with the founders of Mush, the overnight oats brand. I'm not sure if you guys are here with that. So they ended up being my next door neighbor, like down the street neighbors. And so I got connected with them and it was just the founders at the time. And I really wanted to be back in the startup space, but did not want to be doing product development. And so I realized they had no one doing anything for their marketing. And I was like, okay, why don't you let me do that? And I was still in school, didn't exactly know what that meant, but I was like, let me start. And so like, okay, come in tomorrow at 10, you start tomorrow. So I started running their social media, emails, marketing, influencer, everything. Um, And as you guys may have seen, that business has scaled tremendously and has really pioneered an entire new category in the breakfast space. So it was incredible to be kind of a part of that journey and see the growth from Shark Tank to launching all the national accounts and scaling that. So it was super, super exciting. And they're an amazing team. They actually relocated from Southern California to Chicago. So that was supposed to be, I was, I was debating a move to Chicago to join them in March of 2020. And I mean, I think all things happen for a reason. It would have been a very challenging time to be moving to a new city um, in what ended up being the year that was 2020. So that was around the same time that I met my other co-founders at Human Improvement. And they told me what they were starting and this idea about cricket protein. And I thought it sounded a little bit crazy, but just kind of also perfect at the same time. And so I decided to kind of just jump out. And we met for the first time as a team Monday through Thursday. And then Friday, lockdowns happened in Los Angeles. So it was a very interesting time for us to be trying to put together this new brand with a very, very unheard of product. And yeah, so that's that's kind of how I got here. I've been in the startup space since 2016 and 
just kind of been going from founding team to founding team to founding team. (laughs) I love that. Honestly, it's my favorite thing about getting to interview so many diverse people is hearing their origin story and everyone's is so different. How did you meet Derek and Josh? So we got connected through some mutual friends. And actually the first couple of times that I met Josh, we went for runs in Santa Monica. Those were my <laughs> interviews and he is very fast. So oh my gosh. And I would answer very quickly and then be like, so tell me about your whole childhood. And then trying to like keep up with him because he was very, very speedy. But I met them and honestly, they were just some of the most thoughtful, incredible people I've met. They've done some massive massive businesses from sage the essential oils to doses yeah everything in between um so when I met them I think for me that was what I was looking for next in my career was to learn from some really seasoned people I'd always of young scrappy teams that were kind of like we can like bootstrap this together. And that was amazing. But I think for my next phase, I really wanted to learn from kind of the best in class. And um, that's definitely mm-hmm. what we are. And like, would a little stability kill us? You know, after going through that <laughs> twice, you're probably like, okay, people that actually know what they're doing, maybe this will be like a longer term thing. Were you actually, maybe I shouldn't just assume, were you thinking that way? Um, well, I mean, in the case of mush, I think that's there to last. So I don't really think of that as a short term thing either. I think the super successful business and a a great team, as I mentioned, I think for me being the only person really at the time on mush's marketing team, it was a lot of self-teaching, which I love to do, but I do think there's a cap on what you can do for that. And I also like, I, I love learning from people. So for me, there was like a team element that I was kind of missing that um, I think human improvement really offered with Derek and just the variety of people sitting around the table. So for me, I don't think it was so much of a this versus that. I think it was just kind of the perfect timing for mm-hmm. what I in my personal development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's really cool how you just kind of serendipitously fell into the food and beverage space like two <laughs> times over. <laughs> It's so interesting. What, when you went into university, what did you think you were going to do? I went in as a marketing major. So that was definitely top of mind. And my choices between school were marketing or culinary school. So I was very about food from the beginning. So food has always been a big part of my life. And initially I wanted to do like commercial baking, like wedding cakes and things like that. But as I fell into the health and wellness space and started learning about it, for me, that kind of morphed into a love of like healthy food and what it can Mm -hmm. actually do for our bodies. And that was something I didn't really know growing up. I ate very, (laughs) I would say traditional American, like, you know, there was no such thing as gluten-free, dairy-free. I was having cornflakes and Panda Express. Like that was just everyday (laughs) life. And so I think for me, once I learned that, it kind of unlocked something and I couldn't go back. Like I couldn't go back to making sugary, like color dyed foods. I think that has a place and a point in life and it's so fun. But I think I'm, I've kind of morphed my love of food into figuring out how to make food that is better for the entire country. Mm-hmm. It's a huge issue right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. And it's so nice when you get to find something that combines multiple passions. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship too, is like you get to bring in all of these different experiences and interests and create something. And I think that's so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. It's been amazing. 
Ah, I love it. Okay. Well, like we said, we want to dive into all things human improvement, uh, but first let's go through our quick hit section or yeah, quick hit questions with you. Okay. So I think, you know, the drill, so let's just get into it. First one, what trait do you most attribute to your success? Ooh, okay. This is a good one. I don't know if it's a trait so much, but I do think it's something that comes up over and over that I think is a little bit different about me compared to a lot of people I talk to in the entrepreneurial space. And I would say that's like an emphasis on spiritual well-being. I think that mm-hmm. right now, like health is such a big category. So how are you moving your body? What are you eating? But I think that there is going to need to be a, a realization soon enough that like the third component of that for my life personally is also your spiritual well-being. And mm-hmm. so I think for me going on this very up and down journey and being young in the space, like there's so many things from mental health to, yeah, I guess mental health would be a big one for me personally that can, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that can really detour your career, your personal life, all kinds of things. And totally. so having like a great relationship with God. And that's something that has kept me so healthy, so sharp, like so creative. Yeah. I think that's something that people undervalue and could really prioritize that impacts every facet of your life. I could not agree more. And like, I think hustle culture has really done us a disservice. And I actually read a really interesting article. A friend of mine who's like very anti-hustle culture sent it to me, I don't know, probably five years ago. And it was talking about this, this societal shift away from religion and into like workaholism and how it was filling a similar void that community and church once held. And when, when it was put next to each other like that, it solidified for me how big of an issue or how big of a benefit this could be depending on how you spin it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I mean, I think it's like a huge portion of people's lives that even just from staying busy, you don't have to take the time to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, once you hit a point where you have a mental crash or anxiety or depression, you don't know how to get out of it because you've kind of been neglecting that part of your health for so long that it's like waiting until you have, you know, some type of organ failure or something like yeah. this. Oh shoot, I should eat healthy. A salad mm-hmm. fix it at that point. It's like habit, it's routine, it's like how you've treated your your body, mind, and soul all the way through. Yeah. Um, I love so, that analogy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something oh. I prioritize every single day for sure. I love that. I think it is so important. Like when you are in such a crazy stressful environment with so many ups and downs, having some sort of faith. Um, and it doesn't even have to be religion based, even if it's spirituality in any sense, I think it it can be such a grounding thing. And yeah, that's really good answer. I like it. We've never had that one before. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good first. Um, next question is what gives you energy? Ooh, so many things, good people, good food, combination of both. But I think Definitely for me, I get energized, I guess, by people that just get it there. Again, it really is like there's the you talk to so many people in this space, especially starting a brand, like whether that's influencers, customers, other brands. And there's just there's a click when someone does get it, which I assume is a lot of the heart behind what you guys started. Um, But it's so energizing when you go to a coffee or you take a call with someone and they see the vision of what you're trying to create and either want to be part of it or just even as a passing by are like, yep, we get it, like keep going. I feel like for 
for me, that's so energizing. Like I leave and I'm like, we are building something. We are creating something like let's keep going with it. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I feel the same, especially I think throughout COVID when we haven't been able to see as many people, it makes me realize how, how much just a good conversation can turn your whole day around. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Next question. What advice do you have for your younger self? Hmm. I think, I mean, it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about. I think about like the hurry culture and that Mm. stuff. I think the startup world in particular, but everyone, especially I would say in my first couple of years, it was all about optimizing your time, the four hour work week, the four hour body, like bulletproof, uh, biohacking. It was like how can you get the most out of every minute of every day? And it can, I think, become really, really unhealthy and become just such a focus on what can you create and putting your worth into what you're making or building or even just like what your occupation is. When Nava ended, I feel like so much of my identity was in like, oh, I'm an employee of Nava. I'm building. So when that went away, I had to be like, what is my worth? What, What do I have to bring to the table? So I think for me, the shift would have been like focus on who you're becoming and the character you're building instead of what you do. I remember, Emma, when you left Shopify, it was so similar. And it's like, it, with I think it's so subconscious that you decide that your identity is one and the same with what you do. And it's jolting to not have that anymore. So if I, if I could give advice to anyone that's listening and hasn't thought about this, it's probably because it's happening to you and you just haven't had a moment where you're coming to terms with that. And so I think slowly detaching while you still have time is probably the best way to reduce that learning curve. Yeah. I also think there's a speaker I love, Charles Metcalf. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Who taught no, I've him. so familiar. Really great. But he gave this talk on um, how to find your purpose over potential. And I think that's something that's so interesting because in the age of TikTok or just social media, where you could create a career out of almost anything and you yeah. see all these other people doing it. I mean, I have the thought like five times a day, oh, should I start a YouTube channel? Oh, should I do this? Yes. I did it and they're making so much money or they're doing yes. this. There's endless potential out there. And so I find it really refreshing to, or I wish I would have done this when I was younger, but now I do to just come back to what do you feel like your purpose is specifically and then really lean into that and be like, I'm okay with letting all the other potentials go because I'm I'm committed to this purpose. I feel like that's that's my second. I like that. We would have had a lot of combos. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I'm gonna link that. I'm gonna find it and link it in our show notes because that sounds like something people would definitely want to follow up on. Next question is: What's the last book you've read? Oh, um, actually, right on par with what we were talking about with the hurry culture. It's called the ruthless elimination of hurry. So it's about how the United States in particular has this like hurry sickness is what they call it, which is like the need to like rush from thing to thing to thing and have like plans and all this. And then the other one is a book called Eat, Move, Sleep, which I love. Yeah, is so good. It's really just like a simplified version of, I think, a lot of what people intuitively know about health, sleep, food, nutrition, but it's super, super thoughtful. And I, I love that book. Huh. What okay. was what was the biggest takeaway from that one? I think just the balance of it. I think for me recently, I'm I also am I read a couple books at the same time because I switch back yeah. and forth. 
but yeah. the other one I'm reading is Why We Sleep. And so I think between those three books, honestly, it's kind of just been a reset for me of like slowing down, prioritizing yes. sleep, prioritizing like the people that make me feel healthier and that I want to be around and kind of, I don't know, just hitting a reset on the routine and habits. That one, you know what? Good for you because I've tried to read that twice now and I get like halfway oh, through it. Right? It's so dense and I fall asleep every time I crack it open. So <laughs> I'm determined eventually I will finish it, but it is not going to be easy. I actually love it because I read it before bed and exactly. It yes. makes sleep <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> so meta, book about sleep, putting you to sleep. I, I think it. It, they do that on purpose. They're just trying to give everyone that reads it a little bit of rest. Yeah, that was the master plot. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, next question. What's one thing you don't understand? Um, a lot of things, and I saw this and didn't know where you guys wanted to take it. So quick options would be geometry or airdrop. But I didn't know if you meant like... Oh my gosh, that's actually hilarious. Or don't understand about life or... Literally, it can be anything. Okay, let's <laughs> so go... And you can do both. I'm just going to share themes seem to be crypto, finance, oh, meta definitely. things like concepts yeah. too. So yeah. literally anything. Yeah, those are those are above my pay grade right now. The <laughs> NFT world, all of that. I've got other things to worry about. My reality is hard enough. The virtual one doesn't really come into play. Yeah. But yeah. maybe a few years. I think more relatably to me would be how to build a successful brand on TikTok something I'm trying to figure out. I've seen a lot of creators do it really well and I get how that works, but I think brand ones are going to be a really interesting play moving forward. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So much opportunity. I think it is just such a different model than Instagram marketing that it's not just a copy paste. And yeah, and I mean, I know you know JT, but you'll maybe if you listen to the episode, you'll get some new nuggets. Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say off the back of you having the master of TikTok there, um, I've definitely picked up quite a few tips and tricks from him. But yeah, I think that's an area we're all trying to work on. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not just Okay, next question is, what is a brand, obviously other than human improvement, that you're loving right now? Ooh, a few. Do you guys know Exercise Snacks? No. Is it S-N-A-X? No, it's like exercise, like exercise snacks. Okay. okay. But it's by Joe Holder and it's really interesting. I think it shares a lot of the same values we do at Human Improvement, but it's really cool. It's the idea that exercise can literally be like a snack throughout your day. So if you don't have time to do an hour long workout, then it's like a library of free workouts that are like five minutes, eight minutes, like just to get you moving. Like there's ones that you can do like sitting at your desk in a cubicle. There's ones you can do like, go to the break room, go to the airport, like waiting room. So I think on a lot of levels, that's very much what we believe for our brand about movement, nutrition. It's like, I think the big goals are really cool of like getting super fit or, you know, there's a lot of like aesthetic goals, but I think people undervalue the little wins throughout the day and just Mm -hmm. making habits that you know, will actually help your body and your overall health. So I absolutely love that account. And um, that's a good one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, I fall into the perfectionist trap a lot, which I know is not good of like, I need to do everything perfect, or I'm not doing it all. And then I do it perfect for like two days. And then I 
just fall off. So I really like the idea of just the small wins wherever you can fit them in, because if you do that consistently over time, that is so much more impactful than doing it perfect for two days and then coming back to it again a month later. So yeah, love that. Um, The other one would be, do you guys know where one's at? Like no. They are like wearing clothes where one's at. It's a little active wear brand out of New York, but I think they have the most like refreshing take on active wear apparel and the most amazing branding ever. So they're, they're a sole brand of ours too. Cool. I'm just on their website right now. Same. Same. Oh my gosh. Their stuff looks so comfortable. Yeah. The pieces are amazing. And I think they they have a similar brand style to us. So it's very comfortable. Yeah, their oh, brand is beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, it's not the typical that you'd see in the activewear space, which I like. Yeah, it feels really new, which I love. Yeah. It does. It's so comfortable. And <laughs> like cool. a new spin on retro too. Yeah, exactly. It's very okay. nostalgic. Okay, final quick hit question. Who do you think gets it? Mm, this one's good. I have a few people. Emily Oberg from Sporty and Rich. I think mm-hmm. that um, yeah. she's just done it so well and is a founder that I think I really admire for the way she's built her business. And then also the sporty and rich wellness page being such an yeah. amazing educational platform. Um, I love the way that she's built it. It's so simple, but it, it really like, obviously it resonates with so many people yeah. and that inspires me for sure. Yeah, she is really cool. And her Instagram too, is like that cool girl effortless aesthetic that I would love to be able to emulate. <laughs> Haven't quite got there, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she, she is really cool. And like the fact that she's split between LA and Paris, it's like, what a life. Yeah. Amazing. We love it. Well, this has been so fun chatting with you, Miley and everyone stay tuned. We'll be back with Miley in a few days talking all about how they market human improvement. Did we love or what? Miley is honestly so sweet. We had a fun time chatting with her even before we hit record. She's so easy to talk to and she had some really great responses that I wasn't really expecting, but were incredible. So stay tuned in a couple days. We're going to be releasing part two with Miley and that's where we're going to talk through the actual marketing tactics of marketing a product where you need to shift consumer perception. And she gives some really good tactical advice on not only how they did that, but also just launching a brand during a pandemic and how in the D2C space, if you're not selling in retail environments and it's a product that you have, that you're eating, it could apply to sense or where there's some kind of experience that you don't get online. She talks through their tactics for overcoming that and still having success in D2C. So yeah, it's a really good episode. You have to check it out. Okay. So we'll see you in a few days. Check it out. Have a wonderful day and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.